Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Jet Network. Joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson. This is your Tuesday workshop. We're going to break down game two, Celtics, Bucks. Game two, Warriors, Grizzlies. Sides, props, totals, everything you need to know. And all that information can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your bets. Get up to the second info on where the bets and money are coming in. All sorts of great info in there. Signals on sharp moves, all sorts of cool stuff. Plus, you can follow Raw and Brandon's picks, as well as the picks that we discover here in this here podcast, like Bucks under 106 and a half team total. Thank you. Yes, I got very concerned towards the end of that game. <laughs> but Mike Budenholzer comes through for us despite the win, which is where we are going to start. Fellas. No Chris Middleton. What are we going to do? How are they going to hang in? What are the Bucks going to do? Matt And Giannis Anacompo has a bad shooting night and somehow still destroys the Boston Celtics in game one of that series. So now the Celtics are four-point favorites. This was four and a half. It's moved down to four. Total is at 214 and a half down to 215 and a half in game two. My favorite stat of many from this game is that the Boston Celtics shot 10 of 34 from two-point range. It was both the second fewest two-point made field goals in the three-point era and the ninth worst percentage on two-pointers in the shot clock era in a playoff game. Incredible defense, incredible defense for Milwaukee. It was not just Boston missing shots. They really did mess them up. All that said, raw home teams that are favored in the semifinals down 0-1 in game two are 14 and five against the spread at 73.7%. I like Boston minus four and a half here. I like Boston minus four. I think the money's coming down. Milwaukee's going to load too, too carried away here. Raheem, this Boston team is still pretty good. They're not go- going down 0-2. I agree with you. And I think there's an even greater stat than that. Top three seeds coming off a game one loss are 28 and 16. That's 64%. So this is a good way to play that zigzag theory. I know that the Bucs play some solid defense, but when you look at the Celtics team, they really did shoot poorly from three. And I think one of the things that this Bucs defense does to you is that they do make you one dimensional in certain aspects, but this is not the Chicago Bulls. Like all due respect, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, but 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are a step above that. Jason Tatum was 6 of 18 from the field. Jalen Brown was 4 of 13. As a whole, this team was just 18 of 50. So I expect them to shoot the three a little bit better. There were some encouraging signs there, and one of them was that they slowed down Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think if you can slow down Giannis, you still got to make those other guys beat you. And I think the the Bucs, they were able to dominate them in every other statistical category, whether it's turnovers, offensive rebounds, fast break points. I think some of that, that changes up, and that gets them to win here. So I agree with you on the Celtics. I'm going to roll with the Celtics as well. But I'm going to wait for the line to go down. So I've, I've, I've just made the case for why I like the Celtics here. I'm going to bet the Celtics, et cetera. I do want to push back on something you said, though. Uh, so expected shot quality on three-pointers only, not on the entire game, on entire field, but just on three-pointers via second-spectrum data. The expected shot quality for Boston, even factoring the shooters that they have, the specific guy shooting was 56% effective field goal percentage. The Celtics had a 54. It was only a two-percentage point differential. It's basically the Bucks still forced them into bad shots. Now, on non-three-pointers, boy, this one is pretty hilarious. Uh, the Celtics shot, Brandon, 28% worse than expected on two-point shots on the 34 that they took inside of the arc. So, Brandon, I'll ask you this. Um, one, how worried are you about the Celtics now? And two, what's your best bet? I'm going to start with my best bet. I am just sticking with what we did in game one. I'm going to play the Bucks team under again. It's a point lower now. It's 105.5. The thing that I was most confident of coming to the series was Boston's defense would be very good. Milwaukee's offense would struggle to score. And I did not see anything in game one that put me off of that. Giannis shot nine of 25. He's going to make some of those, but those were contested. Robert Williams was defending really well at the rim. They're tough shots. Drew Holiday scored 25, only five of 15 on two pointers. He made three threes. Like early in the game, Boston was threatening to run away, but Drew hit a couple of threes. Like they kept hitting these open threes. Every time Boston would get up by seven or 10 or something, Milwaukee would hit another three and kind of get right back into it. And that stuff evened out over the game. But early on, Milwaukee's offense was just not finding answers. So I'm sticking for my best bet just with the same thing that I knew which is that I don't trust the Bucks' offense to score enough. I'll take the under 105.5. That said, to your question, I am more concerned with the Celtics overall because the other side of the equation is the part that I was less certain of, and now I feel even worse about it than I did going in. I don't feel terrible about it. I'm not panicking on Boston, but the two-pointers thing, sure. They're not going to be literally historically tragic at it again. They can't be that bad again. But that is Milwaukee's thing. Brooke Lopez was awesome at the rim. Giannis was great. Like their whole thing is swallowing your two pointers. Tatum was two of nine on two pointers. Uh, Jalen Brown was not hitting his twos. Like the, the, some of the guys are going to be better, but I am worried about Boston scoring. They took, what did they take? 53s in this game, I think. So I looked it up. Since uh, th- during the season against Milwaukee, Boston shot 50, 50, 47, 45, and 41 threes. So, Raheem, you talked about uh, are they going to fall in the trap of will, will they just shoot threes against the Bucs? That's what Milwaukee wants them to do. I'm a little worried because that's what they did all season long. And when they shot at least 41 threes like they have in all five Bucks games, they're only 14 and 12 on the season. So I don't want the Celtics side here. Uh, I lean that way, but I'm a little concerned for them. 
favorites after a 10 point loss at home when they were favorite in the first game after the first round. So the reason I took out the first round was the, those series are often closer and there's more variance. You get to the second round of the playoffs. You're a pretty good team. Like you're a pretty good team. If you're past the first round of the playoffs. So favorites that lost game one by double digits. I found this one on bet labs, six and one 85.7% tiny sample uh, in game two, but 85.7% against the spread to me. Like this is just another indicator of you lose by double digits at home when you're a pretty good team. It's not a throwout game. I think there's probably like, I think the win probability for the series shifted massively. The problem is the series price reflects that like it yeah. immediately flipped. So now do I think that there's value on Boston? Do I want Boston? I do not. I do not want Boston. Uh, but I also don't want to bet the box because I think the price hasn't like I'd rather wait until game two. You know, Boston comes out and wins. They went at home and it's like, OK, order restored. Maybe we get like a little a little bit of restructuring on that line. I do am liking Milwaukee a lot more just because Milwaukee. I think the biggest thing for me in that game is like Grayson Allen. God bless Grayson Allen and the props. Really, that offensive boost is significant for being able to cover up like they got guys that are made. The Bucks made shots for once in their lives in a playoff game like the bucks actually made shots i don't trust them to do it again which is why i will be joining you on the 105 and a half under team total you can get 106 and a half definitely take that i'll be with you on that uh but man they get in a huge win probability for the series swing spot they got the shooters to actually knock knock down some shots uh kevin pelton from espn had this and i think it's notable Teams that win game one on the road by double digits have gone two and 10 in the series over the last decade. It happened with Memphis, Minnesota in round one. Now you compare that with, I did look this up and we were doing our NBA meeting today uh, in the semifinals. When a team goes up two zero on the road, those teams are 11 and two and all, all total it's 35 and five. If you win the first two games, first two games on the road in those series. So must win game for Boston, obviously right here in the spot. Uh, Brandon, do you think that they're going to hang that two and a half for, for Grayson Allen again? Are we going to get the Grayson Allen sweet spot again? Oh, the, the two and a half is up. However, I, yeah. I, I am playing the two and a half threes. I'm probably going to skip the points right now. I I'm a little cautious on Grayson. I think you saw what I saw. He came out in the first quarter when he first came in against Boston and I was like, oh, the party is over. They, they were swallowing him up. He was, he, he had a turnover. He had fouls. He was not getting his looks. His, his whole thing was in like a six minute spot in the third quarter, he had a bunch of threes and he got her over. And then he, you know, we got to 11 points and then did nothing. I think he scored two or zero the entire second half. So this is not Grayson against the Bulls anymore. It's the, the party of just cashing our free checks in is over but it is up at over two and a half, still at plus 125 at DraftKings. So I, I will still be on that one. Uh, do you have any other props for this game? Giannis, we saw, had 12 assists. He had 17 potential assists. Historically, about half of your potential assists come through. And that makes sense. He's probably not going to have 12 again necessarily. We, we saw the Bucks just hitting those open shots. And I think that's where that swung his favor a little bit. However, it's a lot of assists. So a couple of things here. Giannis over six and a half assists. That line feels low to me. If you're getting 17 potential assists, the way they're defending him and the way that he he was great. He was great as a passer. They were great against him scoring, but great passing for Giannis. So I like the over six and a half assists. Along with that, at DraftKings, you can bet series leader in assists. 
Giannis is even odds, plus 100 right now. He has 12 assists already. Drew Holiday had five, Tatum had six. That's a big lead. And Giannis led in potential assists, and Giannis is Giannis. Like, they're going to keep defending him this way. That exact same prop is minus 190 at FanDuel right now, and it's even at DraftKings. So I like the Giannis assists. If you think he gets 10 again, you have to play the triple-double. He's 5-1 to to do that. He just did it. 5-1 to feels a little long. And then Portis rebounding, even odds to get a double-double. He's kept doing that. I think he is four for four now uh, since starting without Middleton. Well, hang on. If, if Giannis gets a triple-double and Portis goes over and Grayson hits his threes, how, is, how are we going to get to 105 and a half under? We did yesterday. All those things. Huh. You're right, though. I, I did notice I've got to be careful with like, okay, do all of my things make sense together? As I'm playing this over and this over and this over, how do we still hit this under? Because I had that on in a different spot recently, too. But how you get there is... You hope Portis doesn't score 25. You hope he scores 12 or 15. You hope Giannis doesn't score 35. He gets 15, 20, 25. And Grayson scored 11. Like Grayson hit his threes. I think we can still do that. So, um, oh, Peyton Pritchard, if they post his threes, I don't know if we'll get it. He took eight three-pointers in 11 minutes. He's getting the shots. He's not going to get eight up in 11 minutes again, but I'll take a Pritchard over if we get it. I would warn you off of that one. I think there's a chance that he gets removed from the rotation. I think Pritchard was bad. Pritchard was certifiably bad. This may not be his series. This is a very mm. like, but do you think he might be out entirely of the rotation? Cause yeah. then it's a free roll. Yeah. I think he might be out entirely. Cause you get your money back. If he just doesn't play. What? I mean, what happens if you, I mean, they could play him two minutes and then you yeah, that's true. And then be like, All right, maybe I'll be careful minutes. there. We may not get the line. Yeah. anyway. I would just be careful. I would just be careful on it. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Okay, let's go to the other game. Uh, Golden State Warriors beat the Memphis Grizzlies by one. Thank you, Clay Thompson, for not hitting your free throws. Really, really could have used those free throws, Clay. Really could have used those free throws for the minus one and a half on the Warriors. But the Warriors do get the money line win in game one, go up 1-0. The Warriors open at two and a half. This open at uh, 217 and a half. It's moved up to 226 and a half. I think it both may have hung a bad line. That's what we've got recorded in the Action Network app. So the total on this game currently is that 228. It's already up to 228 in this this one. Grizzlies are just the third team since 2003 to be dogs in game two after losing game one. So usually if you're at home, you're favored. And if you, usually they expect a bounce back spot because if you, you lost that first one, they expect it to be moved to the other direction, but that has not happened. Uh, Raheem, you know, you were rattled by the Warriors early in that game. You were in the slack being like, boy, I don't like this for the Warriors. I don't like this for the Warriors. Now you got your cover 
which you didn't bet, but the Warriors yeah. did in fact win that game without Draymond. So yeah. what's your big takeaway? I got to look at this from a line perspective. Like sometimes, and I think it's the most unfortunate thing about, you know, the timing of when we do these podcasts is that, you know, I tend to think about things overnight in my sleep. I have dreams. I wake up in the morning and then it hits me. And what hit me Sunday afternoon before the game started, and I hadn't placed any bets, was that this line didn't make any sense. Golden State Warriors were laying minus one and a half to the Denver Nuggets um, last week in game three. And then they were laying, I think that they might have closed at two and a half um, in game three and four. And yet they're laying two, two and a half to this Grizzlies team who we know is power rated much better. Now, I know the Grizzlies have had their problems. I know they're coming off this grueling six-game series. But from a numbers perspective, it simply doesn't make sense. And, and I mean, I don't want to pull out the Chewbacca defense, which I pulled out in round one with the Boston Celtics and the Nets. But I think the same thing applies here. And I think from a numbers perspective, it feels like the books are kind of lining everybody up. Um, look, I know everybody's going to look at this game and say, the Warriors, they lost Draymond Green. They turned the ball over on 14% of their possessions compared to the, the Grizzlies, 11% of their possessions. But they still did some things that were solid. I mean, obviously, they still, the offensive rebounded well. And, I mean, people are going to look at the fact that their shot quality. I mean, look, Steph Curry missed a ton of open threes down the stretch. Same with Klay Thompson. But I, I just think this Grizzlies team has proven to be resilient. And they're tough at home all the time. Desmond Bain was just 3 of 10 from the field, yep. 1 of 5 from, from three-point range. He's going to be better than that. Um, look, Jaron Jackson Jr., I know he had a dominant game, but I think this is a series in which he can play. We can expect him to play well. Um, there is no Carl Anthony Towns to put him in foul trouble and, and take him off the court. So I like the Grizzlies in this spot. I know a lot of people are going back back to Warriors, but I just think from a numbers perspective, it makes sense. And I think this is the, the kind of the last stand for them. I know my colleague Brandon Anderson has a totally different opinion. So you'll hear what he has to say, but I kind of have to take the Grizzlies. I don't know. I want to bet them because the, I just don't think the number is good enough. Like if we're getting if we're getting four or more, all right, I'll take Memphis and Memphis plus four. I am with you on. I'm gonna fade the idea of they won and they didn't even have Draymond. You don't know. Like we just don't know. Okay, yeah. we don't know what that outcome is if Draymond and, plays. And, and the fact, and the one thing is too, the fact that the Warriors play so many guards that yep. changes that fundamentally changes, changes the game because. I'm not sure the Grizzlies were prepared for that. They were prepared for Draymond Green, and yep. Draymond Green's a non-shooter at this stage of his career. So that's the thing that kind of caught them off guard. The only disappointing thing is that they got dominated in an area where they typically dominate, and that's the offensive glass. Teams don't normally d- dominate the Grizzlies in that manner. So that, yeah. I think they'll clean that up. If Stephen Adams is out of health and safety protocols, that might push me towards Memphis because I do think he's playable in the series, and I do think that he helps with the glass. Like, he helps with specifically with that situation. I also think, look... The expected field goal percentage, the the Warriors should have won. They they shot, they had a better expected field goal percentage. The big thing here is I don't think the Grizzlies played well. Like I don't. I don't think the Grizzlies played well. I think the Warriors had a lot of things go against them, but still played well. I think the Grizzlies had a lot of things go their way, but didn't play well. So the outcome doesn't surprise me. Like I was on Warriors, but I'm not so much swayed as like to be like, oh yeah, the Warriors are gonna stomp them. The series is over. If Draymond had played, they would have won by 15. That's just not how this works. It's just not. It's just not how this it, every time that there's no reaction like that, it tends to get corrected. I don't know if I if I want Memphis though. I will say I'm gonna be on the under. Rot big you you and I talk about pace all the time. First yeah. half, 108. 
Second half, 97. Hmm. Warriors got the memo. We got to slow this down versus these young pups. We got to yeah. chill out. We, if we run half-court offense, they cannot keep up. So my best bet's going to be on the under for this game. Uh, Brandon, tell me why the Warriors are going to absolutely smack the hell out of the Grizzlies. I do not think that they are going to smack them. I just think that game one showed what I thought going in, which is that the Warriors are a clearly, clearly better team than the Grizzlies. Look, I do not think at all, well, if Draymond just would have stayed in, the Warriors would have run away with this one by 15. I don't think that. However, here are the things that had to happen for Memphis to still lose the game at home. The Warriors had early foul trouble. Jaron Jackson and John Rant were 10 of 20 on three-pointers. These guys normally get about two or three per game. They had 10. The Grizzlies had more threes and a better three-point percentage than the Warriors. They shot 40%. The Warriors had 17 turnovers. The Warriors allowed 16 offensive rebounds. De'Anthony Melton had 14 points off the bench and a plus 14 with four stocks. The Grizzlies picked up every swing call late in the game. In, in, and I'm not saying it was unfavored in either direction, just those tough toss-up calls went Memphis' way, and Draymond missed half of the game, and Golden State still won. That, to me, was a backbreaker game for Memphis. You have to get that one if you're going to have any chance in the series. Barring an injury, I, I don't see a path for Memphis to win the series. I think, I mean, anything can happen. It's basketball, but I think we're talking under 10% likelihood to win the series at this point, barring an injury change. So, okay. I totally agree with you in terms of uh, the outcome of the series. But what's fun about what we do for a living is we get to talk about <laughs> uh, the value, which is why I actually sure. bet Memphis plus two and a half minus 110 you can get at uh, Bet Rivers. Like it's basically I'm getting I'm only paying the standard dime for can Memphis get two out of the next three games, right? Like three to the next four games just to be able to get there. That that's doable. You get you get there and it's plus two and a half. That to me is a is a good enough value for me to grab at plus two and a half. So I think that the value is slightly against you. And so I had a big blow up on my Twitter about how I said at books right now, as you are going into game two. The favorite outcome at both FanDuel and DraftKings is a Warriors sweep. That is what the books are telling us is the favorite outcome. I think that that is the correctly favored outcome. I'm not going to bet it because I don't think it's going to happen. But the Warriors right now, by the money line implied, are 57% to win game two. They're two-point favorites on the road. That means they're probably going to be, what, eight, nine-point favorites at home, especially if they win game two. And then if they win that one, even more in game three. So if you multiply percentages together, that's how you do this. 57% in game two, probably 70 and then 75 in the other two games. That's at least 30% to sweep. And the odds that we're getting at plus 270 applies 27%. I'm sorry you had to find out this way, but the math says the most likely outcome is a sweep. For me, I have Warriors sweep 30%, Warriors in the 5%, 25%. That is a better than coin flip chance of this ending in five. Your bet goes the other way. So I think it's close. I don't see great value on either side, but I, I, I just, I don't think that the, the Grizzlies are in great position to push this into a long series. But one thing that assumes is that these lines are correct because I don't think the Warriors should be favorite on the road here. Like yeah, to that's, me, I, that's fair. But I, my counterpoint, you're, you're totally right. We're assuming the lines are correct. I would actually go the other way. And I think that the line is incorrect in the other direction. 
And so I guess you should say that then shouldn't I be betting it? And perhaps I should, if I actually think that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be betting it. If, you, if you're, yes. the, and the, I, I wouldn't blame you. If that's your cap, that's your cap. That's sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think in general, there's probably value on that. Um, Ra's got to take off, but we're going to go ahead and finish up. Ra, thanks for joining us. Um, Brandon, when we look at this, I mean, a lot of this is, this has been your, like your, this has been your playoff kind of cap is like, well, who's the better team? Like they're the better team. And, it's just very, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Would you agree with me on this? The win spread, I do think, is more reflective of the matchup. The series price is reflective of the value on the, the value on the win spread is found in the matchup. The value on the series price is found in the better team. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, where I'll push back on that is just the better team. It, the Warriors are the better team. I think you think the Warriors are the better team, but I also think that there are matchup issues on both sides here and the way that game one played out where the Grizzlies were like oh cool we're gonna beat you in a three-point shootout I don't like the look of that long term for where the where this series heads if that's what if if Memphis is in getting involved into a land war in Asia with the Golden State Warriors that is not the place you want to go that the, the more that Golden State took their three-pointers the more Memphis had to get out and cover them and and the Warriors kept getting easy twos. Uh, and, and this game, like, a thing that I look at is, what are the things that happened in game one? Like, we, we like to do the thing where, well, Desmond Bain shot three of 10. That's not going to happen again. Yeah, that's probably true. But which of the things that, like, what, what outliers are definitely not going to go again? Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson, for sure. John Morant, four threes. I don't think we're getting that again. Like, To me, if you're looking through the the, the different outliers, there are not a lot of things where I'm like, ooh, I don't know if if the Warriors can do that again. If anything, I think they can hit more of their shots. They shot 65% on free throws. I don't think Clay and Steph are going to keep missing free throws, but I don't know. Steph keeps missing free throws every game. We're not going to have Draymond for half the game, every game. Like the things that should regress positively for Golden State are there. I can come up with a lot of things that might go the wrong way regression-wise on Memphis. And the, the right direction thing is, well, Bain and Brooks have to hit more shots yeah. and they might, but I don't know that they will. So I, I worry about the direction that the series is going. The Grizzlies were 45% on twos yesterday versus Warriors 56% on twos. So the Warriors are more efficient on two pointers and typically better on three pointers and take more of them. And the Warriors started offensive rebounding, like Raheem said, they were even on offensive rebounds in this game, so they kind of closed that gap up. I just I feel like Memphis, the matchup game, quickly you start to run out of options. Uh, I didn't give my best bet for this game. Yeah, here's my best bet. I like the Warriors in the game. I got burned by my one and a half point spread in game one, so I was like, well, do do I take a money line? I never take a money line for a favorite. Do I do it here? Now I got this one: Warriors to win game two and the series. Plus money, plus 110 at DraftKings. If the Warriors go up 2-0 on the road, the Warriors as the better team, again, anything can happen with an injury, but you have to believe they're going to win that series. So I think that is a nice... Like, why don't you just roll? If you think that they're going to win every game, which you do, like, you're not... You don't want to bet... No, you don't want to bet the sweep, but you do think they should be favored and will, like, you think that there's value on... Like, you think that the, the sweep is appropriately priced... Why not just roll it over and bet it and bet this game by game? Because if 
Do do you agree if the Warriors win game two that this that the series is is a wrap? Like that the Warriors are winning the series up 2-0 on the road? Yeah. So if that's the case, then I'm getting a plus one ten money line on a Warriors game two win, and they're a minus right now. So I mean, are you gonna, I well, that? I guess my thing is like, are you going to bet that and bet them game by game? Because you should do yeah. both. Yeah, okay. I will. I will do both. Yeah. So uh, you, I would ask right. you, why don't you take it? Why don't you take an alternate line? That's interesting. I haven't thought about that. I will look at it. I, I think that you think that I am projecting the Warriors to blow them off the court, and I don't necessarily think. No, that. I don't mean. I don't mean by more. I meant if you don't want to pay the money line price. And you don't want to pay the standard price. Why don't you take an alternate line of like minus one and a half again? Right. Cause like that was really a bad beat. Like we got screwed. Yeah. We got screwed by Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Raheem and I especially did. Raheem and I, I think we all were on minus one and a half. Raheem and I bought out. We bought out of our position. We put into the app mid game. I think at halftime, we both did it. We both took Grizzlies minus three. So Warriors winning by two would have accidentally middled and won both of our bets. And all we needed was one Clay Thompson free throw. Thanks for that, buddy. Right. Um, Okay. What props do you have at this game? First of all, give us some props, please, on this game. Like, I know we don't know what's happening in these lineups, but give me, give me Brandon Clark and Jordan Poole. Like none of these lines are up yet. So when they post, we're going to get them. Jordan Poole assists his ending the season, last 25 games, counting the playoffs. He is averaging 5.8 assists per game. He had nine in this game. He was really playmaking well for them and really hurting Memphis defensively. Uh, He's had at least three assists in all but one of his last 25 games, at least four in 18 of the 25. I would expect we're going to get a three and a half assist line here. So I like that one. He's gone over it in all but one playoff game, I believe. Uh, John Morant scoring looks like it should be a thing. That line is a bit superficially deflated after what Minnesota did, but this is a different matchup and jaw was scoring. Um, so I like I like that one. What do you think about jaw triple double? I know we've done that a couple of times. The I'm rebounds keep being it. there. I'm not no? going back to it. I'm not. I'm not going back to it. I think I think I would rather just bet the over on his points and assists. I just yeah, the rebounds are too stressful for me. I don't. Yeah, the like, rebounds are going to be close. He, he's getting a lot of them, but it's still asking a lot for, you know, I mean, I, say, one actually, I, I may, I may go the other way. I'm very, like, I thought about it this morning. I thought about putting in a jaw under points, rebounds, assist line. And the <laughs> reason is, um, it goes back to that pace thing. 107 first half, 97 second. He, he got enough scoring because like, if the game is close, here's the part of it. If the game is close, jaw's going to score. He's just like, he's too indomitable and he's too incredible. Like he finds yeah. way he did this versus the wolves too. Like they would blitz him. And yet in these close games, it's like job would find his way to make incredible plays. Right. Yeah. Uh, but if they slow the game down, that inherently I think helps. And it's, I'll say this. If you think that the warriors are going to cover, you should definitely do a same game parlay of points, rebounds, assist under for jaw. Like that's correlated. Because if it's not close, Jaw's not doing that. And then it's all half-court stuff, and they slow the game down, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I will say, if you're wondering, well, how, how can Brandon say Jaw's not going to hit four three-pointers again, but then take his points over? It's because Jaw only got three free throws in game one. And Memphis was getting to the line a little bit, too. He just wasn't. So I don't know yet if that's a thing, if that's like a scheme thing that Golden State was doing better. But I expect that he's going to you know, make up for the three-point loss with some free throws. One other prop that I really like here, the thing that I expect more than anything else and why I like Golden State in this game, Draymond Green is going to be ready to play in game two. Draymond, nobody shows up more motivated and, and like 
locked in and ready to go than Draymond. And maybe that goes the other way. Maybe that means two fouls in the first five minutes and a technical and uh-oh, here we go with Draymond again. Maybe it does. I think Draymond's going to have an awesome game this game. I think he's going to have a huge defensive game. Draymond over one and a half steals is plus money. It's plus 124. In game one, he had three steals and a block in the first half of the game. Here are the other two games against Memphis this year. Two steals, three blocks, three steals, five blocks. He is wreaking havoc against Memphis this year. He's over that. He's had multiple steals in four of the six playoff games. I think Draymond, we saw Memphis have some turnover issues and, you know, play a little too fast and make some mistakes. I think he gets that. I also, I posted on Twitter. There's not a way to bet this, obviously. I think Draymond could could get a five by five in the series at some point if he just really fills it up. I'm sure you ask points, but they'll, they'll prop that for you. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I would go back to what, when we ever had a famous instance in which Draymond was uh, suspended for a game or missed a game and then came back and his team lost. When, when do we have a, oh, that's uh, right. When Draymond missed that game and came back, he had one of the best game seven performances in NBA uh, history. Uh, he, he missed game awesome. five. He missed game five, friend. He missed game five. They lost game six. And that was when right. Steph threw the, threw the, threw the All right. So maybe bet, maybe bet Draymond in game three then. <laughs> so um, that I like. That I like a lot more. Look, I, I'm, I will say this. Like, I'm pushing back on you just because I don't want to count Memphis out after a, after a loss. Um, the other thing is, like, the whole, like, that was a backbreaker. We've seen these playoffs have been kind of that story. Like, team suffers a really heartbreaker loss and then comes back and wins. Like, that's been a a concurrent story. And I'm not saying that that's going to like carry through in any sort of like tangible way. I think Memphis in that game showed that they can play with golden state. That's why I think it's kind of interesting about your, like they're better maybe, but I think Memphis can play at that level. Like I think Memphis can play at that level to keep this within range, which is why I don't want to bet the warriors and I don't want to bet the Grizzlies. I'm just going to bet the under. Um, I think that you're, I, I don't think that you're making a bad bet at warriors minus two and a half. I don't think that yeah, that's like I, I think for me, that game we saw from the Warriors felt like a 10th or 20th percentile Warriors play. You're, see, now you're now you're doing the thing where you're like, well, the Warriors are so awesome that I could play. That, no, that's where you go wrong here. This Warriors team is not. You are still too much tied to that mid 2000, mid 2010s team. This Warriors team ain't that one, man. No, like, I'm just not. saying like with, with the way that things went in this game, like other than just Steph, Clay and Poole just miss every shot. So many other things went wrong for them. Memphis, like my cap on Memphis the whole season was this was a capped out regular season team that would be flawed in the playoffs. That is a thing that we saw play out against Minnesota and Minnesota. Like, look, you thought in that series, and I think we're proven right, all but the part that mattered the most, unfortunately, for my Wolves, that Minnesota was the better team. And I think Golden State no. is. So I, but the part of this, Brandon, is like, I just don't like, I don't. A, think about it in those terms, nor do I necessarily care. Like, I've seen a lot of better teams lose. And what we do then is we go, oh, well, they weren't better. The other team was just better. And I think it's, like, really bad the way that we do that. That's collectively. Like, the Raptors were not better than the 2019 Bucks. I can say that because Ra's not here. Like, they weren't. There's no, there no category in which they were better. There's no way you can look at the overall quality of those two teams and think that they were better. Um, I'm trying to think the injuries play a big part last year. I think that that's, that's part of that equation. Um, but we've seen oftentimes for me, that's why I get into the matchups is I do think a lot of times it's like, are you on a tier? And I, I would agree with you that the warriors are like a, a tier above, 
but I think that Memphis can get there. I think also part of this is I don't trust Golden State. My only concern with Golden State at this point, and like, look, I've got Warriors futures out the wazoo. My only concern is I don't, I think they have a lot harder time finding that top gear and all kind of along. You've kind of, you've kind of been in the boat of like, they're going to find it. They're going to play it. That's how they're going to be. And they caught Denver off guard because Denver honestly kind of sucked. Like Denver is just like overmatched, overmanned, bad matchup without Jamal, like all these types of things. I don't expect an A game from Golden State the way I used to in all these spots. Does yeah, that that's fair. Yeah, it does. And I will say this. I noticed, especially late in game one, and, and maybe that's unfair because Draymond was out, but I noticed this. In this series, in this matchup, a thing that you could be concerned about, if, if the Grizzlies are better than I'm giving them credit for to, to, to hang in this series, here's what the Warriors can do with their lineup. They don't have the perfect lineup anymore right now. That, that death pool lineup, the pool party, whatever it is, it did not work great in game one the way it did against Denver. The Warriors can score lots of points if they put Jordan Poole out there. But if Jordan Poole is out there, they were not defending well. They can defend Jaw if they put Gary Payton out there. I don't know if they're going to start him again. Clearly, he's going to play a lot and should play a lot in the series. But if he's out there, then the offense isn't as good. And they can protect the glass if they go big. And they did that for part of the game. But if you do that, then that mutes the scoring and it makes it easier for Jaw to score. So they can't do all three of those things. This isn't the old behemoth warriors that can just rampage through this team. Memphis is always going to either be able to hang with Golden State scoring wise, get jaw going or hammer the glass. So I think if you like the Grizzlies, you have to look for them to hone in on whatever, what's the matchup that Golden State has on the floor right now with the lineup. We got to do this thing right now. And I, I do think there are ways for the Grizzlies to take advantage of that. All right, let's uh, go over best bets. Ron, and I both like Boston minus four and a half. Uh, Brandon and I both like Bucks under 105 and a half team total. If you can find a 106 and a half, grab that. Uh, we like the Grayson Allen over two and a half three pointers made prop again. You like the Giannis three uh, triple double as well. What was the other big prop from that game? Uh, the Giannis assist more so, assists over and assists leading the series. Okay. Uh, Ra likes Memphis on the money line in this game. Brandon's going to take the Warriors minus two and a half. Is that correct? Or are you still deciding on? Uh, I'm taking the Warriors to win the game win the, and win the series plus 110. Plus 110. Um, I think for props, the only thing I'm probably going to play in, I don't even know if I'm going to play a prop in this one. I think the lineups are too funky. If I get a Steven Adams prop, if he's announced in and I get an Adams prop, I'm going to play the over on rebounds. That will be uh, one of the things that I'll play. Not joining you on that one. That's fine. We'll you think, you think you'll get played off. I get it. I get it. I understand why you think that. It's, it's a fair but, point. Yeah. The dynamics, yeah. part of this is like what, what people think of the Warriors and what they actually are. They're not a pick and roll team. They're just not. Yeah. They're not a pick and roll team. The, you can't yeah. play Steven Adams if it's a pick and roll team. They're not yeah. a pick and roll team. So. Uh, Draymond deals over is the one top that I'm definitely feeling good about. I'm going to think through the rest. So keep an eye on the app on the, the pool jaw ones we talked about. Okay. Uh, this guy wrap it up for buckets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to check out everything in the action network app. We're hosting a Twitter spaces on Tuesday. Make sure to follow NBA bet for more details on that. For Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer. My name is Matt Moore. Let's get buckets.